Hello, Rose here, creator of the Greenlands and this table reading podcast. I just wanted to say thank you so much to all you amazing listeners and supporters. You really do make this whole thing so much more fun. I just wanted to mention one or two things before we get started. First, I'm setting up a Greenlands shop in late November, where I sell arts and prints and jewellery related to the Greenlands. It's going to be very small to start off with, but it's going to be great fun. Keep an eye on our socials for updates. Second, if you want to find out more about the world of the Greenlands, there's a section of our website going to be called Lore. I'm currently building it. It contains the history, legends, and stories of the Greenlands that gives our podcasts and movies more context, so go check it out. For this episode of the Knight's Erratic Table Reading, I want to thank our incredible cast, Crispin Holland, Sam Parry, Helen Vary, Linda Dootsum, David McCran, Andrew Veal, James Hare, Zoe Cunningham, and Alex Gardner. So... That was a very long introduction, but thank you and see you all in the Greenlands. Country Lane, morning. Maisie is sobbing and hurrying home to tell her father of what has happened to the squires and that it was because of her. She comes around a curve in the lane and there is Mistress Muckins standing with two lay brother guards barring the road. Maisie pulls up short. She looks around behind her with a view to turning around and running and there are another two lay guards coming up behind her. Maisie turns apprehensively to Mistress Muckins, who gestures to the two lay guards to arrest her. The guards step forward and tie Maisie's hands together with rope. Maisie struggles angrily, and Mistress Muckins triumphantly smiles. Prison cell, morning. The squires are sitting on their palaces, and there is the sound of carpentry from outside. They are looking despondent. The door opens, and a guard shows a small, weasley-looking man into the cell. The boys look up as the door is closed again. Good morning, masters. I come here to tell you that I'm willing for a fee, of course, to represent you as your lawyer. What do you propose to do? Well, to explain to the court that you didn't know that the subject of your intentions was betrothed. Quinn shoots to his feet. What do you mean, attentions? Mm. Well, I wasn't actually privy to the nature of your activities. Adamant shoots to his feet as well. There weren't any activities, you dirty-minded little... The lawyer holds up a finger. If you're going to attack the man who has kindly agreed to take the fee from the miscreants like yourself, I don't know that I want to involve myself. It's a year's sentence for you, you know. And a hundred lashes for the drab self-seduction of another man's property. Is we proud. are knights of the Order of the Sun. Mora gets to his big, threatening feet. We do not go around seducing women. If you continue being this offensive, I will end your pathetic career here and now. Well, huh? If you're going to take that tone... Quinn takes a step towards him. What tone, villain? The tone of injured innocence? Hmm? The lawyer rushes back to the door and hammers on it. Help! Help! Brothers! Brothers! Help! Help! I'm under attack! He looks back apprehensively at the boys who stand looking at him with disgust. The door opens and he rushes through it, tripping up a little. Quinn and Adamant then look at each other and suddenly burst out laughing. (laughs) This isn't going to end well, is it? Cell, morning. The squires are just waking up and sitting up on their palliuses when the warder comes in with their bits of bread and water. Get that eating quick, like as you've got your initial hearing this morning. The squires pick up their crusts, give them disgusted looks, and start reluctantly chewing. Water. Could I have some water and a comb, please? 
as I wish to look respectable for our arraignment. <laughs> respectable, you. <laughs> he goes out and the boys continue their desultory chewing. A couple of minutes later, the door suddenly opens and a bucket of cold water is suddenly thrown over Adamant. He gasps and splutters. The warder then chucks in a rake and roars. No, water. All the largest comb in the world is going to have you looking respectable, boy. Adamant shoots to his feet, furious, but the warder roars laughing at his own humour and slams the door shut quickly again. Abbott's study, morning. The boys are brought in, struggling, mutinously. Adamant still looks wet and furious. The abbot is seated behind his desk, with Mistress Muckin seated near to him. There are two guards standing by the door, and poor Maisie is standing, tear-stained, with her hands bound in front of the desk. The boys are in place beside her. They look concernedly at her and attempt to console her. Adamant clumsily pats her on the shoulder, which Mistress Muckins observes. She leans forward to Adamant and hisses. We'll have none of that pouring and fornication in this holy place, villain. Morag steps forward to face Mistress Muckins. The guard punches him in the stomach and drags him back. You are arraigned this morning, masters and Mistress Maisie, to hear which charges the district abbacy has to prefer. Yes, ha, you're gonna get it now. The abbot rolls his eyes wearily at her. Masters, you are accused of seducing the betrothed of Master John Muckings of this village and are committed to trial two days hence. He turns to Maisie with a look of disgust. Maisie Quimper, you are to be tried in the same court. He pauses, smiles and leans forward. For witchcraft and the practice of unnatural seductions. He sits back smugly and Mistress Muckins grins and nods triumphantly. Poor Maisie gasps and looks at the squires who gape in horror back at her. Cell, afternoon. The squires are lying on their beds when suddenly they hear footsteps. The door is unlocked and then suddenly banged open. Mr Quimper, the goblin, stalks in, followed by another even uglier goblin. The door closes behind them. What have you done to my daughter then? He steps up to Morag, who has risen to stand, as have the others. Mr Quimper points a threatening finger under Morag's nose. Morag calmly pushes away the finger. Engaged in conversation and then thanked her for showing the way. Do we know this gentleman? Indicating the other goblin who is belligerently glaring at the squires, one after the other. This is my brother Duggled, and he loves my children as his own. I'm sure he does, but what is that the case? Will Nabrook men interfering with our baron? We have not laid a finger on Maisie, as I'm sure she will attest. Duggled steps forward. Then why have ye arraigned? We are arraigned for seduction and poor Macy is accused of witchcraft because her future in-law, Mistress Muckins, doesn't want Macy to marry her son. It's she who is bringing the accusations and no one else. Haven't you talked with Macy? Mr Quimper starts to pace the cell. Yeah, and she doesn't accuse you. I'll admit that. Your enemy is that Muckins woman who doesn't want to marry into a goblin family. Not us. What's wrong with a goblin family then? Nouts ran... <clears throat> Nothing's wrong. It's just that repulsive woman doesn't like you. She doesn't, eh? 
He strides to the door and bangs on it. Dougald, come on. We've got to go see this accuser of our burn. The door is opened and the goblins stride out. The squires all look at one another and give a general phew. A court mourning. There are six people in the court audience and the prosecuting lawyer behind his desk with Mistress Muckins alongside him, facing the judge. The guards march the squires in to sit alongside, but across the aisle from the accusers. The squires glare at Mistress Muckins, who raises her nose superiorly. The guards stand against the wall. The judge comes in and everyone stands. He sits down and reads his papers. Call the accused. Quinn is selected by a guard and led up to a chair facing the court. Call the prosecution. The prosecutor comes out to face Quinn. You are charged with seducing the betrothed of another man, the theft of valuable horses and saddles, and possibly the death of two men in the next town over. Quinn stares at him. Innocent or guilty? I did not kill two men. The horses and gear are my own. My father bought them for me. And I have not seduced another man's wife. In what lies your defence? The bill my father had to pay for the horses and armour. The fact I am a squire and has never killed a man. And the fact that no self-respecting woman would be seduced by me. The court nods about this last one. This does not mean that the litigants do not have the aforementioned malfeasance within their cumbrance. And that, de sequitis, this delinquent dereliction does not weigh in accordance with the court. Oh, just Abby in Malem Rem, you old coot. The court looks horrified and mystified at the same time. Court afternoon. The judge comes into the court again, and everyone sits down. This afternoon, we try the miscreant known as... He reads the parchment in front of him. Um, uh, the Honourable Adamant Drethnetch. The guard chivies Adamant into the witness chair, and the prosecutor rises and walks to face him. Brethnak, you know as in the Baron? Whom do you have to represent you against this charge of seduction and interference with another man's betrothed? The theft of and expensive horse and armour, and possibly the death of two men over in the next village? Well, if we're going to get down to brass tacks here, how can I steal my own horse and armour? Be the sensible man. My father is the Baron Brethnak. We are under his protection, and your wrongful arrest will be answered with his lawyers and then his sword. Court day. The court has the usual occupants, and the judge enters and sits down. This morning we call Morag Halstetter to answer the charges of seduction and interference with another man's betrothed. The guard chivies Morag to the witness stand. Morag starts to speak. Immediately he reaches the stand. I will have your head. The court all stare at him cautiously. He looks a little embarrassed and coughs, <coughs> motioning the prosecutor to start. Layabouts like you are well known for rambling around the countryside and laying in wait to steal from honest men and having their way with these men's wives and their betrothed maids. Sir... I am neither a layabout nor a thief. If you must know, I am the Prince of Halstaden, sent here to be trained as a knight. Do not have a jurisdiction over me. If you dare lay a hand on me, I will make sure there will be nothing left of your pathetic village standing. Temper, temper. It is often the mark of the criminal to use violent threats. 
My lord, may we add theft of identity and pretense of royalty to his list of crimes? Theft of... My arms of sovereignty are etched into my sword and a ring which you have confiscated. Your sword and ring? Ha! I'd sooner think you were the Queen Mab than royalty. Morag's eyes rake the back of the courtroom in fury. Two guards step up alongside him. One of the aides leads to the prosecutor and whispers. Your Honour, if that boy truly is royalty, as he says, and the other a baron's son, I do not think it would be wise course of action to continue this much further. The judge sighs and sinks down into his chair, pinching his nose. Judge's office, evening. Maisie's father and the two other goblins come into the judge's office. They seem to be wearing more elaborate and ceremonial gear. One of the goblins has a weapon and is much bigger than the other. The judge is sitting uncomfortably in his chair. He jumps up and greets them. Court, morning. The judge comes into the court with its usual inhabitants. The judge is looking rather haggard. All rise. Everyone gets up and then sits after the judge does. We see Maisie's fiancé looking worried in the crowd. So, this morning we have, um, Mistress Quimper, who is here on the most solemn charge of witchcraft. There is a general ooh from the audience. Morag rolls his eyes. Quinn strains to see Maisie. We see the goblin sitting in the audience looking grimly at the judge. The judge catches their eye and looks uncomfortable. Lead the accused to the dock. Poor Maisie is led with her hair unbound and looking a mess to the dock. The prosecutor comes to stand before her. Do you plead guilty or not guilty to the charge of unnatural seduction through the use of witchcraft? Not guilty, Your Honour. She raises her hand and looks at Mistress Muckins. And what would you argue in support of your assertion? Maisie pauses and then suddenly smiles while continuing to look at Mistress Muckins. Well, I have two statements. One, my father is an elder in the Hairy Tusk tribe. If I had any magical abilities, I would be a priestess in our tribe, not living among you. Ah, yes. But the very fact that you are half-goblin makes you capable of things that a human woman will be not capable of terrible immor- well, I can blink my eyes sideways if that counts. She does so, and the crowd goes, ooh, ah, and the prosecutor looks thrown off his game. The judge is trying not to facepalm, and the squires try not to laugh. If you're going to accuse me of witchcraft and unnatural seduction, then I also wish to point out that our good woman, Mistress Muckins, over there, must also be guilty of it. I mean, we all know of her unnatural relationship with a number of handsome young shepherds. Most of the court, including the judge, are side-eyeing the middle-aged Mistress Muckins, who has gone pale. She is staring at the judge. The squires are looking suitably shocked, if being a bit dramatic about it. Maisie is grinning innocently. Wait, wait! I think I want to withdraw my accusation against this woman and her paramours. The court all gasps and dramatically moves about. The prosecutor's smug demeanour shrinks a little. Withdraw? The judge perks up and sits up. But what about my lord, the abbot? He looks over at the abbot, who is in the court today. Maisie turns her face to smile charmingly at the abbot. Well, if you want a good example of unnatural relationships, look no further than our dear abbot here. Stop! Stop this trial! 
Um, I suspect that a severe miscarriage of justice has nearly been effected upon these five poor unfortunate young persons, and I move, my lord, that these charges be immediately withdrawn. I want to see you, Abbot Carbuncle and Mistress Muckins, together in my chambers now. He bangs his desk again and sits down in his chair, looking tired, and takes some medicine. Village. Outside court. Morning. The door bursts open and Master Quimper exits, beaming with his arm tight around his daughter. Master Muckins is standing nearby and he approaches them. But Maisie turns her head from him and the goblin pulls a rude face at him. The squires exit with their arms around each other's shoulders, laughing, joking and relieved. Their horses are being held ready for them. They shake the goblins and Maisie's hands, say goodbye and then they mount. The abbot's face and then the soured Muckin's face peer bitterly at them from the courtyard's windows. The boys trot away, waving and smiling with relief. Forest, glade, afternoon. The squires are talking as they ride slowly along the forest trail. Morag is addressing Quinn. I don't care what you say. It just goes to show that you can't trust anyone. What? Even us? Everyone trusts me. Only because you're an awful liar and a barren son. Morag points out a glade ahead. Do you think we are far enough from the town to eat in peace? Adam spurs his horse into a trot towards the glade. Yes, Vitaus! Woodland track. Afternoon. Still a fine, mild day. The squires are riding slowly along, each deep within his thoughts, in single file. Suddenly, Adamant, who is at the front, stops, and Morag and Quinn draw up alongside. There is an incredibly beautiful girl, late teens, early twenties on the track in front of them. She is dressed in gauzy white and green chiffons has a thin circlet of silver around her head, and her hair flows around her. She is waving her hands in great anxiety at them. Masters! Masters! Adamant jumps off his horse, takes its reins and walks towards her. What is it, mistress? What's the matter? Oh, please! Oh, please! She holds out her hand to Adamant, who of course takes it and is pulled in close to her. He sees that she has been crying. That or her eyes are naturally red. What is it, fair maid? I need your help. My sister is trapped beneath a tree which fell on her. Adamant turns to Quinn and Morgan. A tree fell? It's just finished raining. How come she's not wet? What's rain got to do with it? This is an emergency. The nearest village is 20 miles away. How come she's floating around the countryside dressed like that? How does she walk in this mud and stones? And 20 miles? They all look at her little, clean, silk-satin, ballet-type slippers. The girl renews her pleas. Oh, kind sirs, do take pity on a lone girl and her sister. We need your help. Nah, this is obviously just a setup. There's a crowd of bandits waiting round the track. No thanks. Yeah. Come on, Adamant. Use your brains. Morag turns his horse's head and walks around them, continuing away, with Quinn following. We'll meet you in Wasit Combe. Adamant looks furious with them. He picks up the girl and puts her on his horse, rather like the painting La Belle Dame Sans Merci. The horse rolls its eyes and does not look happy. Show me, fair lady, show me where your sister is. Forest, afternoon. 
Morag and Quinn are riding along. He has not followed us. You said he would. Oh, he always does this. The more you argue with him, the more he will do his thing. I'm sure he's just following us a bit further back, because he doesn't want to admit he was wrong. If he gets murdered, I am not explaining it to his father. Nah, he'll be fine. She looked like one of the Fae, and he's got enough iron on him to chase her off. He is stupid enough to take off his armor if a pretty girl asked him to. Nah, he'll find out that she's like, actually a giant mushroom or something that wants to eat him. And he'll be on his horse and back with us in a flash. Morag shrugs, but seems convinced. That was an episode of The Night's Erratic from The Greenlands Presents. I'd like to thank our amazing editors, Adam Finn and Matthew McGuinness, for bringing this podcast to life. If you want more information about our shop and our world, check out www.the-greenlands.com the-greenlands.com or check us out on Instagram and Facebook underneath The Greenlands or variations of it. Love y'all. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.